You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter. I encourage you to do so at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can get all of our content at LockedOnPackers.com. This Thursday edition of Locked on Packers is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag. Again, I want to remind you about our vehicle change. I'm not talking about cars or vans or planes, trains, and automobiles. We are moving from Audio Boom. If you're getting this on Audio Boom, someone really screwed up because this is not going on Audio Boom. We are using Panoply, which should not change for the vast majority of you. You just need to to subscribe with the RSS feed through the the iTunes page, the the podcast page, wherever you get your podcasts. Just subscribe, and the podcast will be beamed directly to your device. Whatever you sync with, whether it's your computer, your laptop, your tablet, whatever it is, if you are subscribed, you will get the podcast with no interruptions, no problems. No substitutions, exchanges, or refunds. Not that you'd need a refund. It is Thursday of the bye week. The Packers will not play next week, basically at all, because they don't play till Monday night. And so we were going to have Ben Fennel on. I wanted to save it because we can talk to him next week when there's actual football to talk about. Instead, what I wanted to go through, what I was realizing as I was looking at the games and I was looking at the slate... And I realized, oh, it's week eight. And week eight marks the the midway point in the season. But the Packers will not play in week eight. They will not have played after week eight. And so there will not be a midpoint discussion about Green Bay after week eight because they won't have played. So we have seven games in the book. The Packers are four and three. And I wanted to go through and and give grades. Midseason grades is a cliche. I understand that. But it's also a useful measuring stick. It's a useful tool to decide where the team is to assess and move forward. And and the first thing that, that really jumps out is injuries make this very hard because all over the team, there have been key components, key contributors who have been out for long stretches. And so that muddies the water when it comes to trying to assess who's good, who's bad, who's somewhere in the middle. So we don't know right now. So we're going to go through it. And we're going to start with the offense. And we can't move any further without giving a grade at quarterback. And that grade is incomplete. Because the Packers have played seven games. Aaron Rodgers has played five of them. And that may be all he plays the rest of the season. And so it's not fair to assess the quarterbacks based solely on the play of Aaron Rodgers, just like it's not fair to assess the quarterbacks based solely on the play of Brett Hundley. When we talk at the end of the year, we could end up with 8, 9, 10 Brett Hundley games. Maybe more, 11. Then we need to grade the quarterbacks 
based on Brett Hundley's performance. Well, we only have one start. It was it was in a sloppy track against an uncommon opponent. How much can we really draw from that? Well, we don't know yet. It could be that Brett Hundley is just bad and this performance solidified that and, and we should have known right now. But I, I don't ascribe to that. I think even if Brett Hundley does turn out to be bad, we can't make any assessment yay or nay right now. One game is not enough. We don't know what the deal is with the quarterback position for Green Bay this year because the guy who is going to start the majority of the games almost no matter what, even if Rodgers does come back, earliest he comes back is week 15, it's not enough games to be the majority starter. So Brett Hundley is the player that we have to assess for the most part of this season, and we haven't seen enough from him. So let's go to running back. And I think the running backs deserve an A-. minus. And part of the reason is, is Ty Montgomery was not particularly effective early on in the season, but the last four games, Green Bay has been incredibly efficient running the ball. Aaron Jones is already in the top 20 in rushing in the league. Green Bay is fifth in rushing DVOA. Remember, this is a football outsider statistic. Defense-adjusted value over average. It basically takes into account who the, the Packers are playing, or any team in this case, and says, okay, if an average team plays Team X, how did the Packers do in comparison? So through seven games, Green Bay is fifth in rushing DVOA. Aaron Jones is sixth in DYAR. That's another football outsider's metric. That is defense-adjusted yards above replacement. You can think about this like war in baseball. Wins above replacement, but it's yards above replacement. So how many more yards did he create than the average running back would create? And again, it's opponent-adjusted. And I, I know that that sort of seems like it's getting into the weeds, but one of the interesting things, and this is this is a tangent that that I think we need to go on just so we can get this out there. I'm going to use the football outsider statistics a lot and and try not to have to explain it every time. But the New England Patriots had, by some metrics, a top defense last year. But when you looked at it by with opponent adjustments. The quarterbacks that they faced, the passing offenses that they faced, were garbage. And so the raw numbers said one thing, but when you opponent adjust them, they said quite another. I much prefer opponent adjusted statistics. What you do in the context, I mean, no one would say that a running back like Aaron Jones putting up crazy numbers at UTEP is the same as putting up crazy numbers at LSU. It's just not the same. And so that context is important. But the other interesting thing here is Ty Montgomery, despite not having huge statistics in gross stats, is 25th in DYAR, which means the Packers have two starting caliber running backs on their roster. One is playing at an elite level, Aaron Jones, and one is playing at a below average level, but but still a starting caliber level. There are 32 teams in the NFL. Ty Montgomery is one of the 20 has been one of the 25 best running backs in football and that includes backups and all the people that that get to be high efficiency users. The Packers have an excellent potentially elite rushing attack. And that leads us into the offensive line because 
The offensive line is difficult to grade. David Bakhtiari has, has not played most of the year. Brian Balaga has been in and out of the lineup. Corey Lindsley has played. Jari Evans has played. And Lane Taylor has played. The interior of the offensive line has been intact. And the interior has been excellent. Jari Evans is 13th in pass blocking efficiency. Lane Taylor 40th in pass blocking efficiency. But you have to remember, there are 64 guards in the NFL. And that's only if you include one guard for every team. There are plenty of teams that have already shuffled through multiple guards. Which means not only do the Packers have two starting caliber guards. They have one who's playing above average. And not just above average, but at a at a solid level in Jari Evans and Lane Taylor who has been who has been fine. Taylor has not allowed a hit or a sack. That's what you need. But without David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga in this lineup for extended periods, it's hard to really assess them. They're fourth in adjusted line yards, which is a cool uh, metric the football outsiders have. It basically assesses who's winning at the line of scrimmage, where is the where are the runners first contacted? Who is winning those battles up front? Green Bay is, is the answer. But pass blocking, they're 24th in adjusted sack rate. So they're a, they're a bottom quartile team in terms of protecting the quarterback. The adjustment is for how often Green Bay passes. Now that's, that is in large part because Kyle Murphy was atrocious when he was in the game, except for a little stretch against Atlanta. And Brian Bulaga has been in and out of the lineup. So... If you're offensive tackles, if you're playing with backups, it's going to be hard to protect the quarterback. So they get a C plus from me, and that can that can that can grow over the course of the season. If David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga are healthy the rest of the way, and the and the particularly if the running game keeps up and they can be a little bit more productive in terms of pass blocking, they can be an A minus B plus unit. They could be an A unit if we if we restarted the season and everyone were healthy, but I think we're beyond that point now. Lucas Patrick has played too many snaps. Justin McRae has played too many snaps. Kyle Murphy has played too many snaps for an A. We can get to A minus if if things are really buttoned up the rest of the year. And speaking of A minuses, the receivers are an A minus. They've been they've been great this year. The only reason it's a minus is because Trevor Davis, Geronimo Allison, and Jeff Janis have been zeros. Not even around. Allison in the last game, he got a catch and then immediately followed it with a drop. I think we can say definitively Devontae Adams is not a fluke. He's fourth among receivers in passer rating when targeted. Jordy Nelson's 15th. We use that DYAR stat with Aaron Jones. Nelson is ninth. Adams is 26th. That means two receivers who are above average and potentially elite on this team. And and Randall Cobb is 10th in catch rate from the slot. They've given you everything that, that you could ask from them. They were productive with Aaron Rodgers. And I think they will be productive with Brett Hundley. They were not against New Orleans, but they were against Minnesota. So I think A- minus is the right number. And then the tight ends, look at Martellus Bennett has been bad. I mean, in the passing game, he has the third highest drop rate in football among tight ends, and he is last, last in yards per route run among tight ends. He has been one of the five worst receiving tight ends in football, probably three worst receiving tight ends in football 
among tight ends who are regular starters and contributors. At some point, Lance Kendricks needs to become a bigger part of this offense. He's talented enough to do it. He should be taking some of the snaps from Martellus Bennett. As much as I like Martellus Bennett as a guy and as a blocker, he's been excellent as a blocker, 10th in pass blocking efficiency. He's been good in the run game. He had a key block on Cameron Jordan that sprung the Aaron Jones touchdown run on Sunday. But you have to be more than a blocker to be good. So so C- minus for the tight ends. One of the tough parts about, about this offense moving forward is we don't know what they're going to look like, and that really makes things difficult for gamblers. How many points is Aaron Rodgers worth? Well, we don't know. That's part of the fun of gambling. That's why they build beautiful, magnificent odes to, to failed gamblers out in the desert. But you don't have to go there to win money. You can just go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN for up to 100% deposit bonus, which means you're getting paid for doing nothing. There are so many shady sites out there. Don't get duped. Use mybookie.ag. It's legit. They've been in business for years, and their rep is rock solid. Plus, they do 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're making money for nothing. Come on. And they have the fastest payouts, just two business days, plus live in-game betting, a great mobile site, so you can get your bets right from the couch. It's no different than going from a casino, but you can do it from your smartphone. Trust me, go to mybookie.ag to place your bets and tell them I sent you by using the promo code Locked On, and you could get up to a 100% deposit bonus. Moving on to the defense, the Packers rank 18th in total defensive DVOA, and this is a pattern now, 18th against the rush, 18th against the pass. They are perfectly just below average. I know I know everyone wants to kill this defense. They've been a little less than fine. They haven't been terrible. They've been meh. A little underwhelming is what you would say. There is talent on this team, and, and we could get into all kinds of things. I wrote a piece for Acme Packing Company today that I think the Packers' best lineup is actually a, a, a formational tweak and that could really open up a lot of things for this defense. I, I suggest you read it. Go to acmepackingcompany.com. Shameless plug. But the defensive line is where the most talent is. And through the first seven games, they get a B plus. They are 13th in adjusted line yards. So that's the that's the offensive line stat that we talked about earlier, only in reverse. And they are 16th in adjusted sack rate. Now that takes into consideration the defensive line and the linebackers and everyone who could possibly make a sack. But here's the cool part. Kenny Clark, 6th in run stops. One of the most productive interior defensive linemen in football. 14th in run stops on a person-at basis. But, but to me, what that says is Kenny Clark is having to play a bunch of snaps and he's doing it. If, if Mike Daniels had played enough this season, he would be 10th in run stops per snap. But based on what he's produced, that's where he would be. And as pass rushers, Clark, Daniel, and Lowry are all in the top 32 in pass rush productivity for interior defensive linemen. Clark is 17th, Daniel's 19th, Lowry 28th. That means they have three, not just starting caliber defensive linemen, because Interior defensive lineman, you're talking about two times 32 at least. Packers have three, so that means three, four teams are playing with three. 
not to drown you in the math, but basically what, what this is saying is all three of the Packers defensive linemen are in the upper third-ish of defensive linemen in terms of interior defenders. That is That is very good. If Mike Daniels had been healthy the whole year and they were a little bit better against the run, this would be an A or an A-. minus. Now, the, the linebackers have a role to play in that, both sets of linebackers. Let's start with the interior linebackers because it's just a shorter conversation. It's basically just Blake Martinez. Jake, Jake Ryan hasn't played enough. Morgan Burnett hasn't played enough. And Josh Jones has played all over the place as a safety, as a linebacker, as everything. So it's hard to put him in this category. Blake Martinez is second in the NFL in stops, which is outstanding. He's playing at a Pro Bowl level. But Jake Ryan hasn't been on the field enough. Either as Morgan Burnett or Josh Jones. They are 22nd in DVOA on the second level, which, which is below average. So let's go with a B, B minus. They're right on the cusp. With 81% right in there. Is that right? It's been a long time since I've since I've gotten a grade on anything, but that seems right. I think a I think a C plus was like a 78, 79. So if they're a B minus, 80, 81, 82, they're right on the cusp. Depending on the teacher, they're a B or a B minus. Now the outside linebackers, the edge linebackers, this is a C plus group. And not because Nick Perry and Clay Matthews aren't a top shelf group. They are. Kyler Fackrell is terrible. Just like maybe not even an NFL player. And Ahmad Brooks has been hurt. And Vince Beagle has been hurt. So without that depth, Perry and Matthews have had to shoulder a ton of the burden. They've had to play a ton of snaps. And so Nick Perry is 15th in total pressures among edge defenders. That's ahead of guys like Von Miller, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Jadavion Clowney, Khalil Mack, top-level pass rushers. But on a per-snap basis, Nick Perry's 43rd. Now what that says to me is those other, those other guys, they get to play fewer snaps, and so they get to stay fresh. Clay Matthews is 32nd in total pressure, so you're talking about two above-average pass-rushing outside linebackers. So if average is a C, they're above-average. And they're they're more than above average. If it would if we just could play the Nick Perry and Clay Matthews, they're B B plus this year. Clay Matthews has been outstanding against the run, but the depth has been bad. In the second half, if they can get Ahmad Brooks back and Vince Beagle back, this can be an A A minus outside linebacker rotation. It can be not quite what the Dayton Jones Julius Peppers rotation was last year, but considering the the level that Clay Matthews is playing at. And the quality of Ahmad Brooks and Vince Beagle, if Nick Perry is healthy too, this can be a very, very good outside linebacker group. We just haven't seen it to this point. Not consistently. They haven't been able to get pressure consistently. And part of that is because Nick Perry is playing with one hand. So that has to be taken into consideration here too. He, he has been an above average outside linebacker playing most of the season with a club on his hand. So if he can if he can get healthy and play with two hands, should help. Seems intuitive. Two hands are better than one. The safeties. This is a C. Morgan Burnett hasn't played enough. Kentrell Bryce hasn't been very good. Haha Clinton Dix has been up and down. He was aggressive to start the season. And then it seemed like the hit that he got fined for really might have affected him. 
He's been a little tentative. I mean, I've made my objections to the coverage is clear. I think that they're not utilizing him in particular to the the maximum level of his talent because he's playing too far off the line of scrimmage. He's playing, he's basically covering no one too often. Let him use his instincts and his playmaking skills and be in the thick of plays. Now, here's the cool thing about Josh Jones. He doesn't have enough snaps to qualify. But if he did, if he played over half the snaps, he'd be 20th in run stop percentage. But he is tied for 24th in run stops overall, which means playing playing less than half the snaps, he has been a well above average run defending safety, which is good because he's really a linebacker on this defense. But he hasn't even played 50% of the snaps, and he's he's got more impact run game tackles than more than half the starting safeties in the league. He's also only missed one tackle in 250 snaps. One missed tackle. Now, he was out of position a couple times against the Saints to not even make a tackle, so that's a little misleading. We haven't seen enough out of this safety group. And it's and it's a little it's a little tough here because Morgan Burnett, who is a safety, has been outstanding playing in the slot as a nickel corner, covering slot receivers. But he was he was only asked to do that for a little over a game and a half. And he's technically playing corner there. So how do you assess him as a safety? This is this is, I mean, it, we're getting pedantic. But speaking of corners, it's a C minus. And there's going to be fans who think that's too high. For me, it's not. If if Devon House hadn't been hurt, I think I think we'd be talking a lot more about the quality of his play. Now, part of that is because Quentin Rollins and Kevin King and Demarius Randall have at various times been so bad that teams haven't even bothered to throw at Devon House. I mentioned this early in the season when he, I think he was leading the NFL in in. Um, in cover snaps per target, which basically meant he was the most infrequently targeted corner on a per-snap basis in football. But right now, in terms of rating against, when when opposing quarterbacks are attacking Devon House, he leads the NFL in rating among corners who have played at least 25% of snaps. I've thrown a lot of numbers at you in this podcast, and, and I understand, and I'm sorry if, you're, if your head is hurting, mine is too. But when, when Devon House has been on the field, he has been excellent. And quarterbacks have not been throwing at him because they have been throwing it at Kevin King, who has been not so great. That's to be expected. He is a 109 passer rating against. That's it's pretty bad. It's not Quentin Rollins bad, but it's pretty bad. And, and Kevin King and Demarius Randall are two of the least efficient tackling corners in football according to Pro Football Focus. Which, if you want a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription, all you have to do is rate this podcast, put your name and your Twitter handle in the rating, and you could be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. It's a $39.99 value. You'll get access to player grades, charts, all sorts of data on snap counts, and and all these statistics that I've been throwing at you. They're not all there, but there are a lot of them there. The fantasy data is terrific. That is that is really what I think that they're great with. All the all the charting data really helps you get a feel for who's on the field, when and why. And that is crucial with fantasy football. But Demarius Randall, thanks to his three interceptions, is now 36th among cornerbacks playing at least 50% of snaps and quarterback rating against. Most teams 
and play at least two corners, if not three, on a regular basis, which means he's playing a lot better. That's the moral of the story. He's playing in the slot. He likes to play in the slot. Talk to him a little bit this week. He likes to play in the slot. He would like to he would like to lead the he thinks he can lead the league in picks playing in the slot. Well, let's see it. But it's a C minus for now. Covering number one receivers, they're 23rd in DVOA, 18th against number twos. They're a below average pass defense. But overall, they're not as bad as as fans would have you believe. That's why it's a C minus and not anything worse. C is average. They're a little below average. I think they're actually on the high end of the C minus. It's almost a C for me. And I think by the end of the year, they can be a B, B plus secondary. If they're healthy, if Morgan Burnett is healthy, if King and House and, and Randall are playing together, this can be an above average secondary. They can be solid. They just haven't been. Okay, I've written a ton this week at Acme Packing Company. A lot of self-scouting, a lot of trying to figure out what's going on and how we can help, particularly on defense, but also a little bit on offense. We looked at the Brett Hundley situation. Go to acmepackingcompany.com for more of that content. Always be going to fanragsports.com, the NFL side. Always be going to lockedonpackers.com. There's a ton of great content. There's no more content this week from me, unless something crazy happens. Locked on Packers will be back on Monday. We will talk about what happened over the weekend in the NFL, games that were important to the Packers in the division, in the NFC. If there is news to come out injury-wise over the weekend, we may we may be finding out uh, who could be more likely to play against the Lions. Apparently, Lane Taylor was close. They thought he had a good chance to play against the Saints, and, and he wasn't quite ready, which, which suggests they will have their offensive line intact for the first time all season for an entire game, barring setbacks against the Lions. Next week is going to run like a normal week after Monday. We're going to have Expert Tuesday. Opponent Wednesday, we're going to scouting report Thursday for the Lions, and then the following Monday, we'll have some more information, maybe maybe get a second interview, talk about the Lions ahead of, ahead of the game so that you can listen to that the day of the game, and then Tuesday will be our recap. I, I haven't decided if we're going to do Expert Tuesday that day or, or, or what we're going to do, but by next week, I'll, I'll have figured it out. That is that is far away now. That's that's two Tuesdays from now. So I don't even know what I'm having for breakfast, much less who's going to be on the show two Tuesdays from now. I appreciate you listening to Lockdown Packers. I'm excited about our, our vehicle change, which is a jargony word. I'm still excited about the season. I hope you are too. I hope you continue to listen. I hope you share... And, and what would be great, I asked you yesterday, is if you shared this podcast with a friend, that would be great. What would be also great is if you shared it on Facebook, if you shared it on Twitter, if you still have a MySpace, put it on MySpace. You still have you still have friends on there, right? Probably not. Put it on Reddit, Packers Reddit, something. Share the podcast. Let other people know you're listening to it. And as always, stay locked on Packers.